Hello and welcome, and Josh wasn't expecting me to be ready in time. <laughs> this is Dungeoneered, and I'm Aaron. Um, yeah, yeah, silence. Exactly. Exactly. You weren't expecting it, were you? No, it was more that I was like, I kind of want to do a retake of that. I didn't like how that sounded, but you're going to be like, you're, you're that, ruining my do it fun. Anyways. You're ruining my fun. That's what you would say. <laughs> That's because you ruin my fun every time. <laughs> Listen, I've tried different accents for the Luke, not for Luke Orban, for the intro, and you're like, no, I don't like that. I've tried different sayings, and you're like, no, I don't like that. Has to be the same, uh, or at least tell me. Well, the what's biggest the thing is it's a, it's our introduction to people who have never heard or never seen the show, and you were like, "This is their first." Yeah, but take they of have. The show. They have. They have sixty other episodes they can go and watch that has the proper <laughs> introduction. You know. <laughs> uh, Give me one at least. <laughs> okay, so what's the topic? What, what's your lukewarm well, open? Oh, lukewarm open. Well, we already talked about it for like 20 minutes before the show. Because um, mm-hmm. I have been getting back into The Walking Dead as of recently. And I know, controversial take. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I love the show. But um, it actually made me think of a little bit since it's getting close to Halloween's again. Um, I want to do a little bit more with zombies. I know we've done some stuff with zombies. Um, but I want to specifically talk a little bit more about a zombie apocalypse, how you would run a zombie apocalypse. Could you run a zombie apocalypse in D&D? Would you want to run a zombie apocalypse in D&D? And if so, you're going to run into a lot of scaling problems because there's not a lot of good zombies. <laughs> so I didn't intend to run a zombie apocalypse, but I just kind of ended up doing it. I call mine abominations. Has your game kind of turned... Has your game kind of turned to zombie apocalypse? Well, so it's abominations, and they don't infect people like zombies do. It's like, um, a good way to think about them is like ghouls from Fallout. Ah, um, uh, okay, okay. You can kind of turn into one by being affected by the radiation of the world to an excessive amount, but but they are dangerous like zombies, but they don't turn you into them. And so, do you think it would be a fun concept to have zombies turn you into zombies, or do you think that's a little too much for D and D? No, I think that's fine. There, I've I've literally thrown husk zombies at the party. Husk zombies is, I think, it's a thing from uh, Matthew Mercer from the Wild, uh, whatever that Guide to Wild Mount is called. Well, it's called something something Guide to Wild Mount, but I don't remember what it is. Um, but yeah, so so in that husk zombies, one of the things is if you die to a husk zombie. You get raised on the next turn as a husk zombie. Which is totally terrifying. Yes. Not going to lie. But what I did recently, which is uh, which is kind of how you get around the scaling problem, I had the party. So, okay. A lot of stuff happened. Uh, assassination attempt happened, all this stuff. And then suddenly abominations were flung over the walls of the city. And so all these pretty much zombies were just falling into... Or were the they city. launched from a catapult or yeah. something? Yeah, there was people. Gosh. What they did was they shrunk. They they um um decreased the size of their of their catapults until they got up close. Then they enlarge. Then they brought them to the normal size. They let the magic go, and so it was this surprise oh, attack then... of all these. All of a sudden, they were surrounded by catapults that were launching these zombies, which would be absolutely horrifying it in is. real life yes. as well. Yes, and it was so it was such a good scene and that, such a good 
it was it that was, literally takes the uh, dead cows into the city to the next level. <laughs> yeah. And so these ones were slightly altered and slightly different, and they're kind of, they're still kind of learning all the ramifications of what these different ones are doing. But one of the things that they they were is these ones were like husk zombies. So they had the husk zombie stat block. There was a lot of them. And there were some big, more powerful ones in the kind of mix of what was thrown in the area they were at. And the party had a lot of civilians. Like, there was like 30 or 40 civilians on that map. And That's so, so many. Do you do like, you do like maps on the table, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, so the, That's a lot of minis. Yeah, it is. The table, I, the place where I play D&D, where I DM, um, one of the players is uh, like, um, 40 50 like he's he's an an older man like a like a middle-aged man and so he's been playing for a very long time so he's been collecting miniatures for a very long time so he has these huge just like um drawers just with a bunch of miniatures in them so i have a lot of miniatures to yeah. play around with when i'm there you can just you can just I can throw out a handful 30 or 40 good yeah and so there was a few combatant other i think i've like, been in that room right i've been there yeah I've been in that one. I've played yes, a session there. Yeah. This is a pretty cool place. It's so like a whole game nerd room. Yeah. He has like swords on the walls and stuff. Um, but so I had all these minis out and some of them were combatants. Some of them were civilians. And what happens is if one of these civilians died by these husk zombies, they were raised as husk zombies on the next turn. So the party just ah. went, defeated all these big zombies, left all these little zombies. The little zombies actually killed these these people, and all of a sudden they were surrounded by like not double, but close to double the amount of zombies that they were previously because all of these civilians kept raising up. You know what that reminds me of? Um, XCOM Two has like a a mission mode where like your one of your settlements is like attacked by the aliens mm-hmm. and there's these like i don't know what they're called but there's like these weird like praying mantis insect creatures that like kill people and when they kill them they turn into uh uh zombies and you have to like rescue a bunch of civilians and they try they're trying to kill them all and they turn into zombies when they do and that just kind of reminded me of that for some yeah, reason that's kind of <laughs> how that's it's, it's kind of how it ended up feeling it was it was like hey like we get, we're gonna try to save as many as we can but there's so many and there's so many zombies that we can only do so much. And it was this, I, I didn't, I honestly expected them to run at some point. I was like, I, I didn't make it unwinnable, the fight. But I also was like, I don't expect you to fight this all. Like this whole thing is not, you're not supposed to fight all these people. But they stayed and they fought what? and it ended up being nearly a whole session of them just in this huge, just amount of, of zombies and they just kept every time they killed a civilian, it, they would come back as a zombie. It was this whole thing, and the party was just having what? so much fun. They loved it because they hadn't. They'd been doing a lot of role play the past few sessions, and so it just they they loved it. They just got some just straight up kill these. Got to slaughter zombies. Yeah, yeah. No that's moral fun. ambiguity. Just slaughter. Just slaughter some zombies. But one of the party yeah, members, always... I do have to say this. One of the party members. There was a major, major villain that they knew about for a long time since literally a session zero. We did some prequel sessions, and they saw this guy there in one of the prequels, and it ran away, and it was like this clearly major villain that if you took it on, you were going to die. And so they were all fighting these zombies, and they see that this thing's just been hanging over them the whole time. So one of them's like, I'm going to cast Fireball up there. And I'm like, are you sure? Oh, and he gosh. said, yep. And so he fireballed it, 
and it screamed. And when it screamed, it told all the zombies, attack that dude. Suddenly he got Uh, surrounded by zombies and died. Full player kill. Full on. Uh Uh-oh. That's never good. But I mean, but it was it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I deserve that. No, no, no. There was there was no way I wasn't gonna die for what I just did. Like I made a dumb mistake, and so he was really yeah, good with like, it. Yeah, it's like it's like shooting a gun in the zombie apocalypse. Everything comes after you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another thing they did as they have a gunslinger and they also have a grenade. So um, in our last session, well, I gave him, I gave him, I called it a holy. A holy relic of Antioch. Do you know the reference? Did you give them the holy hand grenade from yes, Monty Python? I did. I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. And it had a somatic component where you had to say one, two, five. And then somebody had to say three stuff. <laughs> and it was fantastic. And so the dude, the dude who had it got swallowed by a frog hemoth. And he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? But the problem was he wasn't the only player that got swallowed by this frog hemoth. And so between them, he oh, pulls no. the pin on this grenade and is like, okay. <laughs> oh, no. It was rough. It was a rough one. But the it was it was so good. Just the exploding frog hemoth. It was it was Do you um it was a it was a do quite you a see scene. Do you like um ses- sessions of the just like tons of combat like where it's just like a whole session of combat as a player and as a as a as a dm no like i thought that i kind of same boat i kind of felt like that that session where it was just all combat i felt like i felt really bad about that i was like i don't like that this was it felt like it was one combat the whole time the players loved it though and i'm like okay well i didn't like it but the players like it so that's good um I don't feel that with my players, you know? Like, I don't feel like everybody would like a session of combat. Well, no, it was, I think it was really just because, like, we have some players that are, like, all about the combat, and we have some, your game where I'm a player, we're really into lore and role-playing and discovering things and finding things out, and so, yeah, I don't think we would love a whole combat session either. It's like, I'm just trying to imagine our table doing a session of all combat. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, first of all, my combats are too brutal to do that, so I don't think <laughs> I don't mm. think it would work, anyways. Um, but the question I also wanted to ask in relating to this is: Would you, if you're thinking about a zombie apocalypse, would you rather have like the zombies be more of a problem, or like factions of people be more of a problem? Because The Walking Dead takes like a very oh, I a little bit of both. People are the problem, not. Well, so, I mean, zombies are a problem too, but people are the main danger. Yeah, so I think I think that's the main danger. But I think those people and part of learning to live in this post-apocalypse is learning to use the zombies to your advantage, like what these people did. Yeah, they're being attacked by people, and the people decided, hey, instead of sending our people in there and dying, let's just fling some zombies inside. Yeah, and it worked yep, fantastically. Absolutely. It like they it severely weakened this this city without them even losing one man. Yeah, I mean, The Walking Dead has some villains who do stuff very similar yeah. to that that are absolutely terrifying and creepy. <laughs> but they're major spoilers, so I don't know if I want to like share it because The Walking Dead's still kind of like going on. But yeah, I, I loved um, those people from the comics. I know exactly which ones you're talking about. Yeah, they were my favorite. Oh, man, I was so excited when I I, I kind of stopped watching before they got there, but I was so excited for when they were going to show up. 
Oh, they're so creepy. I mean, they're they've dragged on a little too long now. But ah, they've been on, they've been around for a long time, like four seasons or whatever. So it's kind of like, okay, we're done. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna but, say they were man. they were becoming they were gonna be a thing right when I stopped watching. So it had to be a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, they're like the main villains now, but um, mm-hmm. they're absolutely terrifying. They're just horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, all right. Greatest <sighs> way to survive a zombie apocalypse is do what they did. Um, spoilers oh, though. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Okay, now on to real our, topic. Yes. Now I th- I I kind of did something ironically this week. So last week we created a really interesting nation, person, and item. It was a majocracy that had a rampant drug problem because this drug increased yes. your ma- magical potential, which would make your status in a majocracy increase. To the point where nearly everyone was using this drug to increase the power that they had. But that also raised the bar of the power that people must attain to be something in this society. And it became such a problem that with without this drug, attaining these levels were much, much harder. Mm-hmm. So it created this vis- vicious cycle of addiction, starting young in this society. The consequences of this drug and the use of it will eventually make it so that the user can't use magic without it. And the head of this drug operation has plans for that kind of control over magic. But we knew in a society like this that there would be a group that denies this and fights against the use of this addictive drug. Our very own fantasy dare organization. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I'm waiting. (laughs) So, So that's what I'm hoping that we create this week. And so for the topic this week and the irony, uh, the irony that I brought to it is I decided to research the exact opposite. So we're going to talk about a bunch of well-known drugs from the Forgotten Realms. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. How many drugs are there in the Forgotten Realms? Is that like a thing? Yeah. Drugs are totally a thing. in the. That's what my whole topic is about, the different drugs of the Forgotten Realms. Um, On the actual page, on just drugs of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, they have... I didn't count them, so I gotta count them real quick. Ten. Fourteen. Oh, I was close. But I think under other search terms, you can find a lot more. Now, in the Forgotten Realms, drugs are very similar to the drugs that we have in, real, in the real world, except many of them are infused with magic, taking herbalism and alchemy skills to create. Now, just like our world, they have drugs that are used medicinally and some that are recreational. And these can be used positively, but they can also be abused for negative effects. Now, let us dive into some specific drugs that we know of in the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, I've literally never heard of any drugs in D&D. I'm Uh not going to lie. Like, never. let's talk about Dream Mist, also known (laughs) as Mordain Vapor. Mordain is a rare herb that this drug is made from. When this herb was steeped in boiling water, it released this dream mist, a highly dangerous, uh, it's highly dangerous drug that if taken incorrectly is addictive and can kill you. This drug can kill you in two whiffs. So two smells, you can die. Two whiffs. Two. Two puffs. The first inhale of this dream mist wows the user with immense beauty around them enhancing their view of the world, almost to the point of being catatonic, unable to do anything but view the world. Wow. 
Now, this high did not last long, and soon the mundanity of life returned with a harsh effect, as it is so boring in comparison to the high that it makes the user want a second whiff almost immediately, which, as I said, is incredibly dangerous and would most likely yeah. kill the user. Experience I was going to say, man, that sounds like a good time, yeah. but I guess... Uh... If you come down from it so much that the rest of the world seems just absolutely terrible, then, you know, yeah. it's probably not that great. <laughs> Experienced users would throw the tea away immediately after the first whiff, so not to be tempted with a second. Yeah, I bet that didn't go well. A hit of this cost 300 gold pieces in third edition. You know what? It kind of reminds me of when you grab a bag of chips, right? And you're like, I'm only going to eat a few. And you eat one couple, and you're like, okay, I'm just going to put the bag away. And then, like, a minute later, you get up and go get the bag again. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking with this dream mist. Not a, before not you a, know it, you've got the whole bag down. Yeah, not a, ter- not a wrong idea, for sure. Are you telling me you don't do that? I do that all the time. No, man. no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying that was time. a pretty good, just, like, that's a pretty good way of thinking about it, because it's pretty accurate. Now, the next one Yeah, when I was little, about- my dad... My dad used to be like, oh, when you eat chips, you go and grab a bowl and you fill a yes, bowl. Yes, then so you don't you go don't back. go get more. Yeah. That's but it never do. works. It doesn't, didn't work, didn't work for me. It never. works for just, me. I'm just going to get a second bowl. <laughs> it does it? It does work. Ugh. It does work. It works great. Just put it in a bowl. What works for me? The bag. Yeah. See, what works for me is I just don't eat chips. <laughs> that does it too. Think That'll that do it too. I don't eat, I don't eat a whole lot of chips. I kind of, yeah, I cut out a lot of that kind of carbs corn nuts that's my that's my uh that's my weakness i have a whole entire drawer of corn nuts we're not even gonna get into that that's my that's my (laughs) corn nuts pretty much chips they're like they're like really dried hardened corn (laughs) yeah i love them the second drug that we're going to talk about is called green sleeping dust this poison causes the one that inhaled it to fall asleep this drug is from Karatur, not Faerun, meaning it's not from the medieval-inspired part of the Forgotten Realms, it's from the ancient East Asian-inspired lands. Because of this, the powder is used mainly by ninjas, since it's nearly impossible to resist falling asleep to, and it is crazy is... expensive, at one dose being 1,600 gold pieces. Oh my gosh! I was not expecting you to say used by ninjas. Yeah. I just was used not used by ninjas. That at all. I was like physicians, you know, like they got to put somebody to sleep. Mm-hmm. But no, we just went nope. straight ninjas. for ninjas. That's how they? That's how they kill people. Now that's okay. amazing. <laughs> the next one. This is probably the most horrifying and worst one. It's called traveler's dust. The drug traveler's dust comes from. It comes in the form of a small rose crystals. They're only about the size of a grain of salt. All right, let me stop you there. Anything with crystals is bad. This is already going to be bad. Crystals are no good. Use, it, use of this drug was called walksi- walking the crimson road. <laughs> That's so good, though. <laughs> it is. It is. It's fantastic. This salt-sized drug is dissolved by laying it on the user's eye. What? So you rub <laughs> this this salt like crystals on your eye and they're absorbed. Oh. Horrible. Ow. Why would you do that? Be this is why. Because it leaves a red haze on the user's vision. And it was said that all woes and sorrows sank completely out of memory. 
while all joys oh. <laughs> were raised to the very forefront of your memory? Probably because you're concentrating on your burning eyes so much. Jeez. <laughs> this d- drug was the absolute worst to overdose on. So while on this drug, your soul is pretty much on another plane that some have con- <laughs> has some think are, is the actual abyss and is literally God. walking a crimson road. If you overdose, then you walk too far on this crimson road into a large pit that is surrounded by demons. While your soul screams and begs and cries, understanding what they're walking into, as you fall into the pit, you're consumed mind and soul. That's a terrible Jeez. overdose. Like, overdosing is never yeah, good, but now. Ha ha. That is a really good idea if you're like a demon collecting souls and you make a drug that like separates the soul from the body and if you overdose on it, you get to keep the soul. That's a good, that's a fun, yeah, that's, interesting I mean, that's, idea though. That, yeah, that's why it was made. That's literally what it is for. It's, that is it's demons to collect souls by this though. drug. Yeah, it's a I, great use of it. So, so what, you just put like Himalayan pink salt on your eyes? That's yeah, just what you yeah, do? Yeah, pretty much. And it gives you euphoria. <laughs> no. Now, oh no, that next, can't be good. Next is a relatively normal one, which I literally only have one sentence about. It's called Allendeluth. Allendeluth, which is a simple painkiller, and it works just like real-world painkillers. That's it. So it's so it's used by ninjas. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, now this next drug, Hansper, was like our drug, but doesn't last as long. It increases the intellect of the user for a few minutes, but takes it makes them take more piercing and slashing damage to do so. So it kind of like gives you vulnerability to it while you're on this drug. It comes in the form of tobacco. It's like tobacco, but it can also occasionally come as a pill. Taking more than one in 24 hours immediately harms the user and makes them even more susceptible to piercing and slashing damage. Dang. Camarath. Don't want to use that too much. Is the next drug, and it is highly magical and even grants the magical benefits to its user. It is a stimulant, and it has it's a powder or it comes as a beige jelly. Traditionally eaten, but sometimes absorbed through the skin. The user was granted the effects of expeditious retreat. It didn't matter if they were a caster or not, and this is one of a few ways that a non-caster could get this effect. Now, it lasted for a few minutes, and after one minute of being in effect, another effect would kick in, granting the user heightened agility and reflexes. If more than one dose was taken in eight hours... going to say, what's the, the downside? There's <laughs> got to be a downside. If more than one dose was taken in eight hours, the user took damage and was paralyzed for several minutes. If the user is truly addicted and can't stomp themselves from taking a third dose in 24 hours, then they would take even more damage and be paralyzed for several hours. Hours. Boy, that's a lot of critical hits you're going to have to take. Yeah. Next is Silk Root or Knight's Veil or Styx Root. This root granted... Are we going to get to a shroom? Is there going to be a shroom on this list? There's got to be a shroom. Yeah, it's called Zeron. Or blood feast, but we're not there yet. Oh no, sorry, blood okay. fast. Yeah, I was gonna say blood fast, not blood feast. <laughs> blood feast. <laughs> Talk about an interesting drug. <laughs> uh, so, so silk root. 
This route granted increased reflexes and a brief euphoric sensation. But in the end, through extended use, it eats through the user's stomach, inevitably killing them. Wow. That took a really dramatic turn that I was not expecting. So Xeron, or Bloodfast, it's a magical drug for you made from a number of subterranean fungi. Yeah. <laughs> the drow were the first to produce it. It was Ooh, eaten as either races. a white powder or a tablet. Oh, you stay away from the white powder, though. It leaves one dazed for several minutes. But after one mi- <laughs> after about a minute, it heightens the, the base agility and reflexes of its user for one to three hours. What is it, a D4 minus one or something like that to a minimum of one? No, it, it's a, it's a, it heightened it. Yeah, but like for the number of hours, I'm assuming you just roll d4 minus one. Ah, to a minimum oh, you're of saying one. to how long? Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. But after the <laughs> aforementioned boost ends, the user begins to feel detached and kind of depressed in an out of body kind of way, as though they were looking at themselves from far away. Man, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Yeah, kids. don't do drugs. And the body seems to suffer real physical damage just because you took this drug. Overdosing on it was easy. Always a good thing. (laughs) When a person took... (laughs) With with your payment of (laughs) $19.99. When a person takes two doses during the same day, they take a greater benefit, but also suffer greater physical damage. While one could recover from the physical strain with sufficient rest... Overdosing too often would lead to death. It was also Jeez. highly addictive. Are they going to have a drug that's like... This drug was you know, highly effective and was distributed amongst the drow military. Yeah, makes sense. So their entire military was just addicted to shrooms. Well, I don't think they took it all the time, but they're like, hey, in case you need it. In case you this. need it, just... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Next is Chonsel. It it's applied under uh, no it's applied upon not under because under would be weird. It was applied upon bare skin. Oh okay. It, it increased like under bare skin. Yeah, that's I was like <laughs> that that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> it increases. Cut open your arm and have to jam drug in there. Yeah, Ugh. it increases Ugh, your your sense your skin sensitivity. Oh, that'd be creepy though. Well, I mean, some there's a lot of like recreational uses wink wink hint hint oh yeah yeah Yeah. no you're right for sure definitely overuse of the drug caused the area of the body to eventually go numb for a period of several days (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh oh wow okay this is one of the things that 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 chancel did that i forgot about so the way that it's often used was not in a romantic setting as i was saying it was often used by thieves or other individuals who had to work in near complete darkness it allowed their fingertips to feel even the slightest detail or change in whatever they manipulated that's interesting that is very interesting that is really interesting well you just like apply it to the tips of your fingers and like you can feel the whole world with them yeah what would it be like to that'd be so weird to have like such heightened feeling in your skin like okay. that'd probably drive me nuts no right? i got one more to like, talk about it... okay okay i'm i'm gonna mess this pronunciation so, up 
Is this the best for last? It's Katakuda. <laughs> so Katakuda is also known as Dragon Skin. And it was another drug that was also created in Karatur, the East Asian-inspired land. The drug oh, appeared man. as a brown paste that was applied directly to the skin. Yeah, that does not feel nice. Does it give you, like, AC bonus? What does it do? In its usable form, the drug appeared as a brown paste that was applied directly on the skin. A single dose cost 100 gold pieces in Faerun. When applied, Katakuda hardened the user's skin for the duration of half an hour, so 30 minutes. After that time, the user's muscles went into spasms, causing incredible pain. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, that does not feel nice. Does it give you, like, AC bonus? It, what does it do? That's Yeah, it, yeah, it hardens your skin, so I would, I would say it, like, uh, either it's, like, stone skin, like where stone it, skin. like, gives you um, resistance to uh, bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing. Does stone skin, the spell, does it make, your, like, your movement less or something? No. Because your skin's, make- skin's not literally turning to stone. It's just... It, it's one of those ones that was... Um, not dumbed down, but kind of weakened for fifth edition. Yeah, in other I don't editions, remember. it was like it was like a lot more powerful. Or it might have been bark skin. It was one of those ones. That it was it used to be like way more powerful. But sorry, talking about stone skin, I have to talk about this because some people don't know this, and everybody needs to know this. There is a spell called flesh to stone where it kind of oh, petrifies yeah. people. I hate this spell. It's so gross. There used to be a spell called Stone yeah. to Flesh, where you could That's turn so stone into flesh. Hey, you know, what? you never know when you just need a, a flesh pile, you know? Well, no, so what, you, in my what, they would, what people would do is they would get in jail or something, and then they'd just turn the walls of the jail into flesh and cut their way out. Yeah, why would you cut your way out, though, when you just have free meal all around you, you know? Ah, what are you, a so, mealworm? You're gross. You're gross, kid. So gross. You're gross. <laughs> You're gross, kid. It. You're I gross. I hate it. I hate that spell Meals so much. all around. <laughs> Ugh. But now we're on to our topic. Let's make our DARE-like organization, which for people who don't know, what does DARE stand for, Aaron? I have no idea. Something against drugs, something against something, something or another. <laughs> That's what it stands for. That's exactly I'm looking it up right for. now because I don't remember. It's like dangerous acquisition repercussion exile. I, I don't know. I have no idea what it stands for. Uh, Come on. Literally not coming up. Nobody cares about this organization right now. <laughs> I think the A stands for against, but maybe I'm oh, wrong. I'm probably wrong. Let's see. Uh, come on. Drugs just... are really evil. <laughs> Drugs are really evil. That's what it's called. <laughs> That's what it stands for. <laughs> I'm on their website right now. Do they not even have what it means? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where? How do I know what this means? Oh, no. I just want to know oh, what no. your stupid acronym means. Just tell me. Why is, why is it not in your, like, homepage? Honestly, I'm trying to think, like, realistically what D.A.R.E. stands for, and I really have no idea. <laughs> Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Ah, uh, okay. I was really close on a couple of those. <laughs> not really, but yeah. <laughs> no, not even. <laughs> so, Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Okay. 
Yeah, that's not. So what yeah, I we're thought. gonna make that's... our own anti-drug organization. Who I think are I like they? Drugs are really evil. Better though. Drugs are really evil. So that's that's our in-world one. Is drugs are really evil. <laughs> drugs are really evil. <laughs> <laughs> we're dare. Drugs are really evil. <laughs> the first name on Dungeoneered is Dare. Drugs are really evil. <laughs> I think we already had another name, but true. <laughs> yeah. oh, I man. do like drugs are really evil, and it's just like, hey, you know, the other one had at least it at least felt like it was something. <laughs> Yours just says drugs are really evil. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. Any ideas where you want to start? Well, so we start in this majocracy. We know that for sure. It's in the majocracy right. where this group is set. So, how were they formed? Let's start with that. Hmm. Like, did somebody hate drugs for some reason? What was this reason for them hating drugs? Did their family die to it? Did, like, what's what's the thing here? Well, I mean, there's a few options that we could go with that my mind immediately went to. First, Mm -hmm. somehow this person knows what this drug does, and they figured it out and are trying to obviously prevent this from happening. So that was my first... See, I think, I think this organization went. is against all drugs. I don't think it's just this drug. I think it's... They don't... I think I think it started as this drug, and it's become all drugs. Just uh, completely... Maybe even the person who originally started it wanted it to stop this person's plans, but died... And now the organization is run by somebody else who just made it about all drugs. Let's stop all drugs. Well, uh, I, while I, I, I think I like just this one more because I think it narrows it down better than just like a literal dare of our world, you know, like it kind of like mm-hmm. narrows it down to a specific focus. And I think it'd be, and you know, I could be wrong. I think it could be a more like, interesting and easier roleplay experience when you have you know faction a versus faction b you know you have mm-hmm. the drug empire versus the you know the non okay if if it's against this one drug i want it to at the very start like not have anything not have any knowledge about what the person's actual intent is yeah the, I, I want that as well i don't want i want I want, I want this them group. to stop it for the purpose of, hey, this is not good for our nation. Like, that should be like the main original goal is, hey, we just wanted our nation well, to be my, good. Yeah, my next thought ran along these veins a little bit, but it's a little bit more, um, a little bit more zealot, zealot, zealotous. That's not a word, is it? Zealot, zealot. You just want zealotry. <laughs> zealot something. <laughs> um, are they but, are they are you saying they're like uh they're zealots for their nation so they're like nationalists or No, I'm thinking more of like they're more zealots for magic in terms of they believe in the unaltered version of magic. Okay. So they're puritans. obviously this this magic empire puritans. is yeah, like this empire is using this drug to enhance and alter their magic and they don't like that. That was another idea that I had, but I'm not sure if I like that think 100% this, either. Do you, okay, wait. Well, no, I, I, I think we could go on this if we make it one simple thing, like if we make one simple change. These okay. people are from 
so this group, this group that started being like, oh, let's go for the purity of magic type thing, started as a an attempt by an outside power to take control, to, to weaken this nation. So that's how it was started. Okay, so... And a... so they started it and made that the premise of, oh, we're just going for the purity of magic. And, like, when eventually, in... like, they had such a charismatic leader that they kind of rallied people behind that idea. Okay. I like this. I kind of want that to be a separate thing, though, actually. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of want... I kind of want the group we're making today to be more of, like, a rebel alliance type thing that's just trying to fight back against this, like, magic regime. Against this, like, drug that they don't believe is good. But I really like the idea of a group that started and maybe they could be allies maybe we throw in a third group in here so it's like kind of this weird triangle of diplomacy but i do i like the idea of a third group that believes in the purity of magic and is kind of was formed by an outside nation to like ruin the magical supremacy of this nation Mm -hmm. so i do like that a lot but i still kind of want there to be like this like rebel like small rebel group that is i mean the only thing i can think of is how they'd form is like the guy who formed it his parents died from this drug or whatever and he was able to kind of like experience firsthand what it does to a person when they're you know like on the dregs of their life well so okay here so what i think is i think i think what happened to this this kid this but that's so typical he's an adult now typical yeah so what i think happened was his parent was like super high up, like a major member of this or mm-hmm. of this of the government or whatever. The government fell on hard times, or at least had less and less money, so it fired people. It said, "Hey, you're 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 terminated. Your contract with us is terminated." Bye. His family became really really poor to the point where they could no longer afford this drug. His mother then lost all her magic power because she was already addicted and couldn't get any more of the drug or pay for more of the drug to the point where she became what would be considered like they they probably have some rude name for people in the nation that can't use magic. And she became one of those and was kind of cast out by the society. And like he he became a doctor or something like through this as like he he tried to help her like when going through withdrawal he would like do what he could and so he kind of gained this medical knowledge and kind of kept learning it and became this medical person okay and i was okay. able to detect at the end that the reason why she lost her magic was because of this drug and he okay, wants yeah. to reveal that to the world i love this idea and what i'm also thinking is because this dude's like a doctor he has gathered many people who have lost their magical ability and is now training a lot of them in, like, the use of swordplay and stuff. So now there's, like, a coalition of people who can't use magic trying to fight back against people who can to stop the use of this drug that prevents you from using magic. So there's... I mean, there would still be wizards and stuff in it, but, like, um, they take, like, the people who are, like, now outcasts in society who can't use their magic and... They've like formed this resistance to try and fight back to reestablish the arcane without using this drug. Mm-hmm. 
And so now they're like level three fighters. <laughs> the ones that are not like so horrendously I, harmed I think by there it. Are also, there's also a group within them, probably a small group that has, um, they, they have done something to the drug to enhance it so that you can get your magic power back with the, this, like for a limited time with this slightly more powerful version of the drug. So there Which are people within them, like if you're going to have them fight a combat, there would be some that could still use their magic. Well, I think, I just think in general, there'd be people within this resistance that can just use magic in general. Like they were never, they never succumbed, like succumbed yeah. to the drug. Like they were able to get off it, so they can still use magic. But mm -hmm. I like, I love the idea of how it's starting was like a, like, like you said, kind of like people who lost their magic from this drug and realized the effects of it and they started training with like swords and stuff like that and all now are trying to defeat this mage empire using swords and bows and a little bit of magic and stuff but um i think i love that idea a lot yeah i think that's super super fun so what do you what do you see the relationship between these two entities like the rebellion group and then the um government group do you see it like the government doesn't know about them yet do you see it as like they're actively fighting do you see it like the government doesn't know who they are and every once in a while there's like mishaps where like storages storage caches are destroyed and stuff like that how do you see that playing out so okay sorry which group because are, are you talking about the infiltrator group or the other group i'm just talking about the basic rebel group that that has a bunch of fighters and stuff like do you see them as being like unknown by the government do you see them having current conflict do you see them like how what do you see that known, but they they have to remain slightly um hidden because they're yeah. kind of persecuted as hey like this is just how it works you gotta stop rocking the boat and these are a group of people who will not stop rocking the boat what do you think they do like in terms of actions do they like destroy drug warehouses do they like are they trying to like how like would they educate people? How would you even do that? What do you think they'd do? Um, I mean, I definitely see I, I them like it's... burning supply trains and stuff or whatever. You that's, know, that's what I was saying. That's what I think it is. It's more like that where it's like they attack the supply lines for the drug. They attack the things like that to the point where um, I think they also will go for criminals. So people just getting out of jail, they'll be like, hey. We got a job for you. Like they, it's probably like um, America, where people who've gone in jail are kind of discriminated against in the society in finding yep. jobs and things like that. So these people come and say, "Hey, we will give you a job, like right out of out of being in in jail." Now, here's another question. And before we continue, do you think yeah. people are thrown in jail once they lose their magical ability? Like it's a crime. Okay, I think I think if you tell people, like, because they 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 want to keep that. If you stop taking the drug, you lose your magic power. They want to keep that hidden. So I think they they do it. There's a major cover up when it comes to people losing their power, their magic power, when they stop taking the drug. So I think they silence those people as best as they can. And the people who try to speak out, they get unreasonably put in jail. Now, this does bring up an interesting point, too, that they could also, the government could try and be currently flipping the people losing their magical powers because these band of 
non-magic users are interfering with our society. They could try and flip it that way too, which would be a very interesting turn. Mm-hmm. Or like this rebel group is causing all these problems with our magical society, and they're they're the ones who are. I mean, as terrible as it sounds, almost like a Hitler type thing, where it's like these people can't use magic, and they're the ones who are causing us to lose our magic. Mm-hmm. Which I think would be really interesting as well. I think it'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. Like all these non-magic users in our society are causing the rest of us to lose our abilities and losing our powers because people would start to notice, wouldn't you think? Like, if you know people are starting to lose their magical abilities because of this drug, like people would start to be like, "What's going on?" Well, so it's only when people stop taking the drug. So before that, they kind of right. feel fine, and maybe there's even like a euphoric um aspect to taking the drug so people really don't want to stop taking the drug so it's rare that people will and it's only when they're forced to like they don't have money to pay for it and things like that that they will actually stop taking the drug and so it's not common that people will lose their magic ability so i i think it would be it would be possible to cover it up yeah but i think i still think you would need some sort of scapegoat because there would still be. Yeah, I, I definitely think there should be a scapegoat. I, I definitely. Yeah. I, I don't know if I like because I mean it doesn't really make sense. The uh, the oh just because we have people who can't use magic, they're somehow making us not be able to cast magic. Well, what I was more or less thinking was you would probably spread it in a couple of ways. One, like their bloodline is filthy, and when they you know when they breed when they breed when when they reproduce um they mm. they like taint your blood so you can no longer use magic that'd be one way um yeah that i would think of um even then it would be a little bit of a problem but the other way that i would think of is if acts of violence were being occurred like being were happening with this rebel group in the government they could easily pin it like they're trying to kill all magic users type thing and it's it's yeah a serious problem in our society and i could see either of those both of those even at once occurring yeah. especially if you had everybody addicted in society to your magic drug <laughs> mm-hmm. like i think yeah. you could convince a lot of people especially of the first one where it's like these people are tainted um you know they are or you could or you could even spread it like it's a disease they could make a rumor like if you're close to these people you can you can catch their disease that essentially dampens your magic, that gets rid of your magic over time. Mm-hmm. Which I think would also be a really yeah. um, easy one to do because then everybody would just avoid them like the plague or even attack them and kill them if they were like refusing to like quarantine or whatever, you know? Like, I think that would be really interesting too. Well, yeah, what, so what do you think society does with the non magic users, people who stop using the drug and have lost their ability to use magic? I I think. I think they just let them die in the dregs of society. If they don't, if they're trying to be too uppity, they either get sent to an asylum or they get sent to jail. Cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. Now, I like I like the concept of like these people are not right. Like they're not, <laughs> you know, like I love that kind of concept in D&D because it's just like it helps the players too. Like, okay, why are these people just because they can't use magic thought of as like weird or are going into asylum? Well, it's a majocracy. Well, right, exactly. No, I, I think it's only when they start talking. They are they start um when they start like saying 
like, oh, it was only when I stopped taking the drug that, and so like they don't right. want that getting out. Right. I uh, agreed, but I think it's it's helpful for at least for me as a player too when you like see a a conflict that's like, okay, that just doesn't make sense though. <laughs> you know, like like why why are these people being thrown in prison for saying they can't use magic because of a drug, you know, or like, because they can't use magic in general, you know, like why, why is that even a thing? Like, um, I think that throws a lot of interest, but also kind of gives a direction that's easier than just like, you know, you're in a majocracy. Good luck. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. do you think, um, this rebel group then is pretty active? Like, do you think they're pretty, like burning production facilities or farms or whatever. I don't know how we, we haven't decided how it's made or anything, but like burning production facilities of this drug and caravan supplies. You think they're doing that a lot or is it pretty low key? I don't think they're as big as they want to be. I would agree. I would agree. I think, I think they are as busy as they could be, but they're not as big as they'd like to be. So they're not able to do as much. Yeah. You know what? I kind of see them as a little bit. And this might be surprising to you, and I know you're not a huge fan of this game, but the railroad in Fallout 4. Yeah. I kind of see them kind of like that a little bit in terms of like a small, I mean, not that small, but a small, like, going up against something that they, they're group. not anywhere near the uh, capability of actually taking on. Yeah. 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 But they're like trying their best to earn freedom from this drug, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think. I, I do want to talk about this third group that you introduced. Yeah, I like. I, I want think, to as well. So the biggest thing that I think that this other group is doing this this government organization that uh, that's trying to overthrow a near their 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 this nation. I think they are working as like a third party, a, a kind of neutral third party. So what they do is they they have somehow like spies or whatever have figured out the main dude who creates the drugs plan okay. to kind of remove magic powers. And they love that because that's going to screw this nation over severely. So, okay, I like this. So they are helping him while also helping this resistance group. So the resistance group can hurt that nation more, but they're also helping that dude with some other... Like whatever his like major goal is, like he he wants to stop magic because he believes it's gonna bring back the end of the world, but he doesn't know when it is and he doesn't know when he's gonna stop his production. So I think what it, whatever they're doing is they're helping him with that. So they're kind of playing both sides of the coin, but they because they're both gonna be they're both destructive to that nation. So they're like, hey, I don't really care who actually wins in the end. It's like a um, it's like okay, another uh, Bethesda game. It's like Elder Scrolls, it's Skyrim, where like the Dominion is like kind of allowing the civil war between the Empire and uh, Skyrim to occur because then they can just like sweep in and like you know mop up the rest. Yeah, they'll destroy. Yeah, they'll destroy whoever's left, anyways. Yeah, I like that yeah, a that's lot. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what that's. It's the same idea. So then, how do you think they're going about it then? Are they literally just watching? Or are they like actively recruiting so people for actively, the smaller group? I think they're actively, yeah, they're actively, they have people that are actively recruiting for the smaller group. 
they're helping provide whatever materials are required to make the drug for the other dude. I have an idea too. I have an idea too. They have. Yeah, what's, the, what's your idea? I was thinking that this third party has a very important member of society and the government within the drug using group, okay? And they are also an informant for the um the rebellion group. So they're giving them like coordinates for production facilities, movements of caravans and stuff like that, while also simultaneously um doing the opposite of like every once in a while like, oh we heard the rebellion's gonna attack here or Every once in a while, they're like, oh, we need to move our drug facility here because the rebellion is going to attack. Like, they're kind of yeah. playing this two-sided coin where they're part of both the groups. Um, part of yeah, all three groups, they learn the info because they suggest the info. Yes. Yeah, they learn the info and they adjust the info and expose the info to people who need to hear it at various to different times. To make them look better. Yeah. Yes. That's yep. good. And so the players could, you know, possibly even meet somebody like that, which would be really interesting. How mm. low-key do you think this third group is? They're probably pe- keeping it pretty quiet, I'd imagine, right? Yes, they are. They're just they're they're only doing things that they need to, and they're not even... I think they're doing both, not as, like, they aren't, like... They're not, they're not like, saying, hey, we're this group, and we're helping you. It's, like, these pe- their members are kind of, like, spies inside each organization. So it just yeah. seems like, oh, Fred has all this info. Fred has sources, Fred's helpful, but Fred is getting info from this larger source. You know what would be really interesting, too, is just thinking of if, like, players are to play in this little area. You mm-hmm. know, they could easily side with the third party, third oh, party's individual thinking he's, like, a railroad spy type thing, you know, like a rebellion spy, and not realize that he's actually a really bad dude trying to overthrow and destroy this government from another nation yeah he's trying to do whatever the most destructive action is would be really fun so they're be like, really interesting intrigue yeah like re- where you know and i think the... i think i think also if if they begin to do things that kind of helps everybody like if the party begins to kind of be like that try to be like those nice moderators like oh like let's let's figure out what's going on and then they kind of find out all this stuff like oh this dude's just worried about the end of the world and kind of like figuring all this stuff out eventually this group is going to try to assassinate the party as they're like hey you can't oh, yeah like like we're here we, like this turmoil needs to happen we must destroy these people oh for sure and or at the very least giving them misinformation as best as they can yeah like oh, there's an actual book about this already, you know? (laughs) You should read this one type thing, you know, or like giving them information about what they've heard and seen. Yeah. That would be really fun. That'd be a really fun little political intrigue. It would be. It would be very good. Dive into where it's this like complicated mess of three separate groups, which, you know, in my opinion, one's pretty much right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) You know, you yep. have your government who's literally force-feeding you drugs to get you addicted so they can stop your magic use because they think it's the end of the world. And then you have the group that's trying to have the most conflict possible so they can come take over your government. And then you have the other group who's like, <laughs> we just want to use magic without drugs, you know? <laughs> just want to use magic without drugs. What's your problem, man? Uh, I don't want to know. Do you think um, this third group I don't is think known? that, no. 
<laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. Do you think this third group is known by the other two groups, or are they kind of under, like, really hidden? Like, they're not really known about. I, I think it's it's such... I think it's like... Okay. I think the big question here is, is this group part of a larger group that's, like, a well-known spy group for a certain nation? Are they just members of this large spy group that, like... Like um, in Dragon Age, they have the Antivan Crows, who are like this well-known assassin group that everybody in the world knows about, and that you can hire to them to assassinate people. And like, it's just so well known that this group exists. Or is this like a small group started specifically for this one nation to bring turmoil to it so that they can take over? Oh man, honestly, I think probably both like a an overall part of a bigger spy group that's from a nation but a task force directly mm. dedicated to this if mm. that makes any sense yeah so it's a because task force of this larger group that's just focused on this one nation right yeah yeah and the reason i say that is because a i think it'd be really fun to have hints here and there of like similarities to a major spy group you know that the party could possibly catch on to here and there mm-hmm. um so like it'd be it'd be fun to kind of drop hints of here and there. yeah of that lore um and then also if it's like a sub task group you're not dealing with something that's so overwhelmingly like impossible to you know figure out <laughs> that it's easier as well for players to help solve um so i think for those two reasons, I'd probably do a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, who knows where it would devolve into. It could just turn out into an all-out war, which is also really fun to play in D&D, as long as it's you know done properly. But it can also be really fun to play. Yeah. Because, I mean, I pretty much see this as becoming a gigantuan war at the very least, or like some sort of horrible assassination mission or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, dev- I definitely think that whatever happens here, is going to have some sort of negative effect on the nation, which then will make this other nation attack, which is right. all of that's going to, that could be important to the players. Like if that's where they want their story to go, they could be a part of all of this, which, yeah, then you get into the Skyrim problem again, where it's like, well, then do we side with the, the drug empire to like keep our strength so that when this nation does eventually try and take us over, we can actually do it. <laughs> or do we like cripple mm-hmm. our nation and have a weaker fighting force? but the freedom of magic and not, you know, drug use. Yeah. To only then be conquered. And that would be a really, really fun, really hard decision. And I think that'd be good. Totally. Well, I think this is a a good, I think it's a wrap, a good episode here. Yeah. I think it's a wrap. Extra lettuce, no cheese, no cheese. What? Well, I mean, I like cheese. No, I'm no, we're done. This is uh, last episode. You've said no cheese. (laughs) We're ending it. Civil war between Aaron and Josh (laughs) over cheese. Cheese. Yep. Is cheese life? Is that is that what you're saying? Cheese is love. Cheese is life. Cheese is like all right. You're okay. You're wrong. But thank you for listening to episode. Do you just eat cheese normally? Like just like a block of cheese, like a, a slice of cheese. I could if I wanted to. Oh, that's weird, man. That's weird. I haven't done it in a while, but I could if I wanted to. And um, don't tell me you consume the dreaded string cheese. Dreaded? Do you eat 
Strangies. I don't get what you mean when you say dreaded. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! 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 I can't do that. <laughs> no, you not sir. do the nice peel on the cheese side. Is, what's the? What's your problem? Cheese is like, cheese is good on things and with things, but like cheese by itself isn't just too much. Okay. Well, and the only acceptable cheese is, is extra extra sharp cheese. That's the only acceptable cheese. I do like extra sharp cheese. Now, so good. Anyways, okay, continue. This is episode fifty-six. Of Dungeoneered. Where we talk about drugs and cheese. <laughs> I guess. Drugs and cheese, episode 56. Uh, thank you all for, for listening. Uh, if you listen to us on any podcasting apps with ratings and reviews, please write a review. Let us uh, know what you think about the show. Uh, if you want to write us a note, let us know something, whether it's like, hey, you really inspired me to create this, or like whatever. Like, uh, Hit us up at dungeoneered at hotmail.com. And uh, thank you all for listening. And Woo! always remember to be the sharpest cheese oh. and barrel in yeah. the bunch. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye.